We can have a couple of questions now and then sure, we yeah. can have, yes. Yes, that's it. Um, so, when, when you're talking about uh, basically cutting out all the noise outside, how do you differentiate between becoming emotionless and having so much emotion that you could cut everything else out? Because I feel like maybe today that line is very opaque and sometimes people fall too short on either side. So, um, actually there are several kinds of noises. There is a noise of all the thoughts and opinions and viewpoints. That's one kind of noise. Emotions don't create noise as they create turbulence. It's another kind of noise going on inside. Then there is the noise of the pure life instincts within us, which are pushing us in this direction, that direction, what is called as noise of desires and passions and so definitely all these noises, if we don't quieten, behind this noise, there is a tremendous power which is waiting to emerge. Let me give an example. You see when a mighty river is gushing through the plains, you see sometimes these shots and how powerful it is. But did we, do we realize that behind this river, there is a, as an undercurrent, a tremendous power which is not tapped simply because it is running wildly. Now people who realize it, now they know how to, you know, tap this power. All the hydroelectric projects and all this, nothing but tapping this power. Same with the chaotic flow of the wind and with everything else in life. So when we allow these emotions and thoughts to run chaotically, then a lot of power which they contain, it contains intrinsically, is lost. Okay, so... Even technologically, when we talk about cutting the noise, it also means that we have this, the real power which is inside in an equipment, it can emerge with clarity. Okay, it's far more clear when the noise is cut off. So when we cut off the noise, and I'll come to the practice of it just in a moment, but first the principle of these kind of thoughts which are just rumbling through in countless ways because we have read this in a paper, we have had this information, we have heard it on the TV, then, then it's true, the true mind power is not able to emerge. It is, it's kind of lost in this noise. Same with emotions. Now emotions are, some people would say it is good or bad. No, there is behind the emotional being a true heart, a true love, let me put it like that, a love which is transforming in its power. But it doesn't emerge. Why doesn't it emerge? Because it's caught up in the turbulent zone of our emotions. So they don't allow this true love to emerge. Let me give an example. Since you specifically mentioned about emotional being. Now when we deal, let us say, with those whom we regard as our near and dear ones and cherish them. Especially parent to child. Okay. <laughs> so what happens? Invariably, parents, Indian parents... <laughs> are always overwhelmed with emotions about their child. No, they are very emotional. Sometimes children find it very difficult to take all that, you know, because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to deal with it. Right? Now, this is an overwhelming situation which you are mentioning. 
So they try to cut it in various ways because today's generation is a different generation. They don't like to be overwhelmed with emotions to that extent. But if you quieten the emotion and if the parents could quieten the emotions and are a little more deeper, they will discover there is a truer love. And this truer love is a far more powerful love. Because it's okay when everything is going on well, then you don't need this true love to probably come out. But when things are not going according to the plan, human plan, and there is real chaos and there is a real problem, let's say children, I mean, we are all fortunate by grace, but there are children who go into drugs, who go into real issues, uh, into severe depression. You really need the truer and deeper love to emerge. Otherwise, it doesn't, if you are very emotional and you overwhelm, oh, you have, you know, what happens when people are, you know, very emotional and they are attached in that way, surface emotions. They say, oh, you, you know, I had dreams about you and you didn't fulfill and, you know, they, they end up saying all kinds of things which are negative, which are a big disaster because the child goes into those role playings. Now, I'm not talking specifically, you know, as I said, we are more than fortunate, but I have seen this happen that when people deal uh, with this world through surface emotions, they hope violently and they despair swiftly. So that's why we see that it's a paradox that many times it used to be earlier, though the trend is changing fortunately, love marriages didn't last long. You know, it's a strange thing. After all, you made a choice, it should last much longer. But because you hoped violently, oh, this is going to be wonderful. So within a year or two, <coughs> you begin to despair. Oh, this is, I made a mistake. Now you didn't make a mistake. It's because you have engaged with life on the basis of surface emotions. <coughs> but when you quieten this, you will see a deeper emotion emerging. And this deeper emotion is very powerful. It's transformative. That is the whole story of, let's say, Savitri, Satyavan or Ruru, Pramadvara and all these stories. You think they didn't go through the emotional hassles and they didn't have quarrels? Of course they must have had. Everybody has their issues. But because they loved from the depths, they could go through these challenges and bring out a tremendous motive power. <coughs> so, to come to the practice, when it is said that quieten the mind, quieten the thoughts, quieten the emotions, Quieten the passions, still this self of desire. It is not meant that we'll become indifferent. Maybe a phase, because we are not accustomed to the deeper emotions. It may look as if we are becoming indifferent, because that's we are not accustomed to. You know, we are accustomed to a kind of dealing with life. But actually, if we wait, as is the experience of yogins, a deeper heart begins to emerge into the play. A deeper state of emotion which is no more egoistic. So it's not hurt. Simply because the other person rebukes you and says, I don't care. You know, there is a nice, beautiful little touching story of the mother. One of the sadhikas. Many such stories. She, when mother gave her some flowers, she threw those flowers back. And says, you know what? I don't care. I don't love you. You don't love me. Such things. And then she goes back to Golkund to pack her bags. To leave. She is packing the bags. 
and the divine mother Vasudha Ben, who was you know looking after mother, she comes with a card, and she says, "Mother has given this to you." And before she can, she says, "Okay, okay, keep it." She's packing the bags, and then Vasudha Ben says, "Would you like to know what mother said after you left?" Okay, tell me what did she say? She says, "Mother said she doesn't know how much she loves me." How can we see that unless we? It's only when we have this deeper love which emerges. This love is without expectations. This love doesn't depend upon what you are giving me, what I am getting out of you, how happy I am with you, because this love is connected to the deeper source. It doesn't need somebody else to feed its emotions. Those lines in Savitri, why she can take the challenge of death? Because she says, "My love is not a hunger of the heart." my love is not a desire of the body it comes to me from god to god returns this deeper love connects with a deep intense love shobindo says you think super super mind doesn't have love it has far greater intensity but what is that intensity that intensity is that is fully aware that it has come as a trust from the divine and when we say i love another it is actually going to the divine in that person so much so that if you live in that love or bathe in its shower it become impossible to use this phrase i love you you know why because in that love there is neither i nor you there is a very nice couplet by kabir there he describes this love mystics experience it but their love is not thrown out in surface emotions so he says प्रेम गली अति साकरी तामे दो न समाही आई एल ट्रांसलेटेड जब मैं था तब हरी नहीं जब हरी तब मैं नहीं वेन आई वॉज देयर देन द लॉर्ड वॉज एबसेंट वेन द लॉर्ड वॉज देयर आई वॉज एबसेंट एंड द्लेन ऑफ लव इज सो नैरो दैट टू कैनॉट कम हियर the moment we say i love you it is not the deeper love the deeper love is love alone sufficient unto itself you may use this as a language because people don't understand that's a different i'm not talking of the words actual words used but i'm talking of a state of consciousness because it's a vast mighty torrent so when it is said that still these surface emotions or surface thoughts when we quieten this surface mind with all this barrage of information flow from every side much of it is nothing but trash whatsapp knowledge <laughs> which is the most dangerous most <laughs> science you know people ask me sir why you are not giving vitamin b17 i said baba it doesn't exist <laughs> no sir i have read about it it cures cancer i said okay you please find out from whoever sent you this knowledge this great knowledge that where is the source for it so you know uh, we are flooded with all this information so the mind has is caught up in a kind of traffic jam it cannot think freely it cannot access those luminous regions vast regions where thought is born and if you still the surface mind then you will have an access to those regions you see that's why one of the characteristics of the superman is 
his knowledge will be intuitive you can literally know about everything and and when i am using the word everything i am using it with all uh, the details within it if you really want to know about something you will know about it because you have the access to this knowledge it doesn't mean you will become an encyclopedia and anything and everything you but it's there as a possibility within us but because the mind is caught up in a web of flow of thoughts it's like the ocean depths they are much more calm but much more powerful they are throwing up the tsunamis so this is what is meant but to an outer consciousness somebody who is not accustomed to it it may appear that such a person has become unloving this is one of the challenges of present generation that people are so used to a certain expression that if that expression is missing we think the person does not love even sometimes we feel that the person has become selfish but it's not true or for example commonly we encounter respect karna bhul gaye hain aisa nahi i know your generation respects when you feel it authentically from within isn't it not because chacha ke tao ka beta aaya hai to you must touch the feet you wouldn't care it is good that you don't care i mean i'm sorry to say that <laughs> <laughs> that's why the apologetic no apologetic note i mean in the sense that you are being more authentic then later on you will know that well it's a formal thing which you know human beings have devised to maintain good relations so that all the hatred they have inside all the ill will and jealousies doesn't come openly on the surface so they have devised these things called as good manners it's <laughs> it's a neat way to deceive frankly i have seen when relatives come i you know typical indian family before they are coming there is a discussion oh, kitne din ko aa rahe hain pata nahi bola nahi ek kab wo hamara holiday ka plan tha upset ho gaya you know all this is going on a moment dekha hamare aap kitne din baad mile ho so nice you have come But they want to know, so somebody has to approach this question. By the way, when is your return reservation? <laughs> And everybody knows it's it's the same game. It's the facade. Now the age of facades is over. We can tell honestly. Look, you know, I am not coming. That's it. You don't need to give any explanations, justifications, excuses. Yeah, that's how you feel. But there was a time when there was a need for a lie. to be accompanied by a justification which made it worse <laughs> i don't have to do that well i'm not interested that's it yeah at least one is being honest which is a step ahead yes i have a question on how to uh maintain this sort of uh mentality every day um because i think everything that you spoke about was at least for me rejuvenating where i felt like every day we do try to be a better person and to try to be a better person you're not supposed to compare and contrast you know love yourself but how do you remember to do that every day if not only the people you interact with maybe are not on the same level but Yeah I I get the point how to maintain this state every day 
catch the center of the wheel, not the spokes. So what are the spokes? How do I become a better person? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I deal with people? How do I deal with situations? They are the spokes. Catch the center. What is my aspiration? What is my aspiration? It may be to become a better person. Maybe. <clears throat> my aspiration may be to become a beautiful person. My aspiration may be for peace and harmony. Keep on reorienting life. Keep on increasing this aspiration. This is the center. As I said, this creates the world. See, in the Upanishad, this described very beautifully that how, is the, how does the universe come into existence? See, there's a spider throws out its web. I mean, I personally don't like this image. I don't know why the Rishi had no other image. Maybe physically it suits, but it's not to my personal taste. But that's the image which is described. There is some truth in it. So we create the webs out of us into this world. So what is the deepest aspiration? If I keep this alive, then the rest will follow. Let me give an example. Let's say if my aspiration is to unite with the divine or to serve the divine. Now I can put it in a slot. I serve the divine when I am in a temple doing Jutoki Seva. Okay, you know what is Jutoki Seva? It's regarded as a high form of Seva. You'll see it outside Gurdwaras and outside. People even feel puffed up. Chief Minister Ayata Jutoki Seva Karata. Look how stupid and silly it can get. So you have earned a greater merit because you have looked after the shoes. Fool! God doesn't care about it. <laughs> it's no more a Seva, it's the Seva of the ego. So, you know, you are happy with, I have done work for God. Then you go in another step, no, that's not the only thing. You know, there are some activities where you serve God, whereas there are some where you don't serve the divine. I am talking of the divine. For example, as a doctor, maybe I can serve the divine better. I am seeing patients and clients. People can have these illusions. <laughs> but... Actually, what is serving the divine? To serve the divine is to allow the divine forces to flow freely upon earth. And the more we are aligned to that, our simple act of breathing can be a service to the divine. If we are aligned. So, if you are tuned with your aspiration, try to remember the aspiration as often as you can. Now, when you meet a challenge in life or a situation or see how it connects with your aspiration and how it does not. If my aspiration is to, often people ask that, why did you join the ashram, this, that. So I said, see, it's really speaking, the institutional part is irrelevant. Honestly. Except that it is, bears the name of Sri For me, that's the important part that I love Sri And to me, it's important that anything which is touched by Sri and the mother is important for me. But not the institutional part. I don't engage with that. The importance of a place is only to the extent it helps me fulfill my deeper aspiration. Otherwise, it's like any other place. Now, if any activity that I am going to do, is it going to bring me closer to the mother or not? This initially, it has to be done through an effort. And we'll forget. Let's start with this state where we forget more often. You'll get angry and you get disconnected with. Actually, not disconnected is not even the word in the beginning because you're not really connected. We are wanting to get connected. So the first process should be how to get connected, how to get a taste of that. Any which way, carry this aspiration in meditation. That's why people start with, okay, set aside a time when you want to get connected. All this helps. Once you have a taste of it, then the whole 
issue starts you will know that you know this activity this uh, kind of thinking this actual mixing up maybe going for a marriage it disconnected me i am no more in that state then the next step is that you say ki no this is disconnecting me from the deeper state don't give justification oh but karna padta hai karna padta hai then this is out of question you know <laughs> so we increase this aspiration this is what i want in life with great clarity and force the more this aspiration grows the more automatically you start getting that this is something which i need to not get deeply engaged with you are there in life moving through with a equanimity but inwardly you are keeping this flame alive what is most important to is to nurture this flame you know the vedas speak of this flame as a child as an offspring of your desires it's born you know how you take care of a child you don't expose the child to anything and everything when the child is still small that's why many of the practices in yoga people turn them into absolute truths they are needed at certain stage like freely mixing with anyone and everyone your spiritual life is nascent the flame is still very small and you allow to mix with anyone and everyone this is going to uh, become very difficult because you know a lot of smoke and lot of dust will be thrown upon it so that's why people were advised either to uh, stay in the world but not be of the world be a little step back don't allow yourself to just be lost in that crowd or time to time take a retreat okay go to ashram even place things like greenville or these kind of retreats their purpose is this that for a time you withdraw from this uh, hustle and bustle and take time to reconnect with your deeper self a time will come when this connection will not be lost it will not need any special circumstance situation practice meditation or otherwise you will not need to sit to meditate you may sit to simply take the joy of being with the divine in aloneness which is a great bliss then the joy of divine multiplicity that may it may be required but not otherwise you don't need this practice anymore because you have gone beyond the practice then this consciousness will tell you because you have allowed this child to grow so what happens when parents have a child literally it is like this so when the child is small then who listens to whom the child listens to the parents when the child grows up who listens to whom <laughs> answer is obvious so when this child is small aspiration is little baby then you have to nurture it but when this baby grows up then this baby will compel your mind your vital to listen to it because this is a child of the new consciousness it's born out of the fire of aspiration this is yagya seni born out of yagna inside this new consciousness a new birth that's why it's called so all that you need to do is not 100 things but just focus on increasing this fire of aspiration how to increase it by offering whatever you are doing to this fire you can give this fire a beautiful name and form it helps to connect it easier by calling the mother because this fire grows you know like child is crying when does it become quiet when it sees its mother it immediately you know is nourished it feels filled 
you know one as i said that i keep saying that the master is everywhere people say oh guru nahi are guru sab jagah hai if you are open he will teach you through the babel of a child so i remember once a very good friend of mine and his 3 year old baby couldn't 5 year old was not allowed into matri mandir and the child was very close to me you know we were very close friends from college days i said yes i'll handle no problem i'll take care i'm good at it or so i thought so they went into matri mandir till they were inside baba tai tai you know everything bye bye is been done tata and then the child for a moment is playing then after 5 minutes wow started <laughs> so i tried all the book tricks from you know doing all kind of monkey tricks to taking in the car we'll pick up some you know um, something to eat something to drink and you know show this place so distract momentarily then again the wooa started now i knew that i got to wait till they come back <laughs> so when they came back as the child saw to my relief and the child's relief <laughs> mama that's it suddenly the smile comes when the child goes into the mama and papa's lap the relation with me again changes it's become beautiful otherwise i was the enemy number 1 <laughs> they didn't know i was trying to help out so suddenly you know the child is very nice again now the child is coming freely into my lap so it was a lesson for me i learned something tremendous that if you remember always the divine mother and you know that she is always there with you i can tell you you will never be lost in the world then now when the child comes to me knows that my mama is right next to me now when the child grows up the child will know that even while the mama is not seen she is there so that is the relation we have to form with the divine mother and when we call her name when we live with this trust and confidence that she is there all the time always we'll never feel lost in this world and all its countless things and this consciousness will not be lost because she is all the time with us it's not we carry her she carries us yes i love that for us it is difficult um how do we inculcate this habit of um keeping the mother with you yes. for kids for four or five or six is there something we should do or we can do or to develop this curiosity or a habit well uh, as i said habits uh, have their plus and minus but what we can and should do is just to be in a beautiful state of consciousness you know for children what is best mother said just provide them an atmosphere of love and peace i tell you it's very difficult it's very difficult for two human beings to live without quarreling it's so strange but true and it's not about one parent or in the parent take all the parents in all the worlds and you see the same thing why because why do we quarrel mother says very strange but human beings quarrel quarrel <laughs> as if it's like a spice in the food can't live without quarreling so if we can provide an atmosphere of love and peace and harmony how does it come by living in the mother's consciousness by helping the psychic to emerge so the the paradoxes the more we focus on the emergence of the soul within us the more we actually help the child see it's a strange paradox that we are not focused on the child we are focused on putting ourselves in the right state of consciousness 
And when we are in the right state of consciousness, then our dealings with the world begin to change. Because again, it's, it's when we bring up the child also, we have to remember the principle of Nishkam Karma. It's not my child with certain results, I want the child to behave in a certain way. Then what happens next? If the child doesn't, then there is anger, there is reaction, there is frustration, there is despair. All the things which create a kind of a negative energy around us and which become inimical to the child's progress. Then children learn to deceive. You know, they know how to really handle their parents very soon. They know how we should be so that parents will be happy. And they are very well behaved children but what's happening inside we don't know. So it's most important thing is to just create an atmosphere of peace. And this atmosphere of peace and true love and harmony cannot come as long as we are living in a divided egoistic state. It's as simple as that. How to create that inner atmosphere? If you want to know one word, one technique, one method, forget all the other methods, it's just to call mother's name. I can tell you I have not seen anything more powerful than that. Long, long back I had read... just half a page article, I still remember where Shurabindu Karamdhara. And it was an experience of someone with Chotanarayan Sharma. And he asked Chotanarayan Ji, some of us may know, you know, unfortunately many of these talks were never recorded that time. You know, amazing talks. Uh, technology, you know, of course, we couldn't record Shurabindu's actual voice. It's, it's, uh, it's a bit technology lag behind actually. <laughs> so, nevertheless... Uh, so he asked, he said, I have so many problems, this and that. What do I do? This man had narrated his own experience. So he asked Chandrayaan Sharma. And he said, Mataji ka naam lijiye. So he said, I just took it and after six months, you know, all my problems got sorted out. Now when I read this long, long back, I said, is it really that simple? Today I must say it is really that simple. It's amazingly that simple. You know, people who said that Kaliyug, Jogna, Japna, Jnana, Ek Adhar, Ram, Gungana. Don't limit Ram to just Ram, Ram. It's so true that in Kaliyug, in, in an age, Kaliyug is a way of saying not something depreciatory, but Kaliyug is a state when divine works upon matter. When the chance of obscuring that consciousness is very high. Simply because the working is going on in matter. It's important. Then there is no other yoga given to man. And Sri also speaks about it. In that age of Kali, there is no other yoga which you can... You can't practice that old Raj Yoga, not like modern Raj Yoga. You know, people sat for days and days in meditation or Hat Yoga which original Lemurian kings practiced. But what you can practice in Kali Yoga is Nam Jap. It's, it's the... It's the recommended thing. And the power of name, we have so many stories. Ulta naam japa jagjana Valmiki bhai brahma samana. The story of Valmiki, no? Valmiki was a robber. So whoever says there is no hope. He was a murderer, he was a robber. Everything possible under this. If he was in modern times, he would have been branded and probably, you know, incarcerated. But you look at look at the story has so many ramifications to it. What was the treatment or solution given by the sage? Some say Narada, some say some other Rishi, Sanat Kumar. It's not important the name of the sage. But when they encounter him or he encounters him, 
what is the solution they give him? Not a legal solution. <laughs> nor a, <laughs> consult a lawyer before you go behind bars. Nor a moral solution, nor an ethical solution, but a spiritual solution. First they awaken that, look, you know, whatever you are doing, man, you bear the consequences. Consequences are going to come. Today, tomorrow, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you are in the jail or not in the jail. You will, your consciousness will get obscured. It's... Then he says, what is the way out? He says, nothing. Very simple. Take the name of Ram. Valmiki, uh, this Ratnakar, his name is Ratnakar. Ratnakar can't use the word Ram. He says, whenever I try, Mara nikalta hai. Mara. Mara, Mara, Mardo. He says, Mara, Mara bol. So kya karte hai? Maram, Ram, 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 Ram. So you see? So that is how the famous sloka came. Ulta naam japa jag jana valmiki bhai brahma samana. You know, even when he started ulta naam, mara, but mara, mara, mara becomes ram, ram, ram. So this is the power of the name. Shurabindas used the word, the name, the foundation of eternity, line in Savitri. When mother is asked, one method, one method, the disciple courses, tell me one method, tell me one method. Then she says it is the japa. And she says that I practice it. Shurabindo, when he, famous letter, people have now turned his yoga into all kinds of money earning devices. It's a sad thing to see that, you know, people teaching all kinds of methods in the name of Shurabindo. Do this way, do that way, do this. You know, when Shurabindo was asked, what is his letter? There is no method in this yoga except to take the mother's name and mine. Shurabindo's letter. There is no method in this yoga except to take the mother's name and mine. That's enough. Now it may sound very strange, but yes, the best solutions are always the simplest. Only it requires a tremendous leap of faith because the human mind loves complicated things. You can't believe it can be that simple. Especially people who have read Life Divine. <laughs> they want something very complicated, you know, in the, about the yoga. Oh, this yoga is practiced this way. You have an ascent of consciousness. Teach me how to have ascent of consciousness. Then what happens when there is a descent? All these things will happen spontaneously. They have their value only if they happen spontaneously. Otherwise, they have, don't have a value. Otherwise, it's a mental formation. I am doing something for ascension. Mother has not said that you practice this yoga Try to have an ascension by your own effort. She has said, I'll do it for you. <laughs> it's like the child who is saying, Mama, you prepare half the dish, I am going to prepare half the dish. <laughs> and we know what is going to come out of all this. <laughs> okay, so it's as simple as that. Take the mother's name as often as you can. Or if there is a spontaneous mantra, very good. Uh, how can I differentiate whether I'm doing by mechanically or imagination or it is really a spontaneous? Yeah, that's true. See, it will start with one of the things that we have. We'll start with the tool that we have. Let's say uh, technology today, how did it start? So people may say this discovery, that discovery. I see it started with the Stone Age. See, there were tools in the Stone Age. Now imagine if people didn't use the Stone Age tools. 
they would have never progressed to the bronze age to the copper age to you know iron age and these ages so it doesn't matter wherever we are we begin if to start with i can take only mechanically let me start with mechanically it doesn't matter to start with the divine is an imagination doesn't matter after all imagination is a very formative power imagination is the delegate of the same power which has created the universe imagination creates a universe for ourselves see we in the mind divided between you know reality and imagination but i was discussing this today or yesterday that the mind doesn't differentiate like that you see you uh, when the mind watches a horror movie or let's say a funny movie or any anything olden time those now also i think they have soap operas you know when that there was a movie hathi mere sathi i don't know whether you have seen it a lot of people were crying in the cinema so i said hathi is not died nobody is really died but look at the power you know the the elephant is not died it's a movie but you cry is it not true now what is it imagine the formative power of the mind just like i said we don't use the power of thought and feelings we don't use the power of imagination because we think it is imagination so we discard it so let's start with imagination that there is the divine within me yes it will be imagination but this imagination if we really start with this the truth behind the imagination will reveal itself that's how you know meditating on the thought that all is in the divine to start with it just a axiomatic truth which we take it as a belief that i i trust that you know when yagnamalk says that isha vasyam idam sarvam yat kinche jagatyam jagat he is revealing a truth i start with that so i faith is the starting point but if i keep repeating you know ekatvam anupashyata ekatvam ekatvam a time will come when i begin to experience the one in all things now how to know whether it is a uh, kind of a self hypnosis this is a next question which many scientists raise this uh, this issue and whether it's a something real its impact will be experienced in every sphere of life and as long as we are you know at one level the subjective and the objective line begins to get blurred what we can say is that the one fits himself into the way we are approaching him so if we are approaching with a certain imagination he fits into it but the effect is the same it's exactly the same as we would come in contact with the divine consciousness in any other way then a time comes when we he will liberate us from this you see it's like a uh, we have to create a kind of energy field within which the divine comes like the old tantrics used a mantra to bring the goddess within its field but a time will come when the goddess will liberate us from all that you know like buddha liberated himself from all forms in every yoga and is well described in um, sri ramakrishna's uh, testimonials so you know how kali was so real to him and people would tell him oh somebody told him oh this is all hallucination so sri ramakrishna was like a child he went and told kali what is this are you real or not tell me <laughs> she says what happened oh this fellow is saying that you know you are not real they is saying it is hallucination so like this he wept before kali next day this yogi comes and says what did you do yesterday sir says kali was dancing all over me you call me hallucination <laughs> so you see now but the same shri ramakrishna when when he is ready to go beyond so he is 
told this that you know at the end you have to break the image of Kali. He says I can't do it. He says by an inner sword you have to do it. He says this is something I can't do. Till he is convinced that by breaking the image you actually enter into the truth of Kali. So he takes the sword and he describes very well described in a meditation he actually encounters Kali then with the sword he seemingly breaks it. And when he breaks then the whole truth of Kali which is behind that gets into him. And this such an utter identity after that. That Sri Ramakrishna would sometimes while doing puja start putting flowers on his own head. And people would say that he has gone mad and he has lost his way. But that was the time when he had rediscovered Kali playing in the world in this form, that form, in every form. So there is a meaning of form. You see imagination is a formative power. Thought is a formative power. And it's alright. We start with some kind of form. But a time will come when we go from the gross form or the mechanical utterance. We'll go to its subtler, subtler, subtler to the subtlest. And a time will come when that we are liberated into the utter formless reality of the divine. Then we discover that two are actually one. All the time. And it's needed for the play. Take for example television. Now we are watching images. Now we may say whether they are true or they are not true. Strictly scientific mind will say it's not true. But its impact is the same. Now, what are these images coming from? They are coming from simple play of, you know, energies which are taking place at some, wherever these programs are stored. In some space. <laughs> mysterious space. From where we tune in and it takes form. Now, when it takes a form, what is happening? An abstract reality or a formless reality becomes a form reality. They are not two separate things. They are one thing. For the sake of the play, it takes a form. But it is equally formless. They are not two different things. So, when we are engaged with the world, we play with the forms. But these are all forms which are which should become expressive of the divine. That's, why, that's how we will have a divine creation. But if we want, we can withdraw from the play and get into the formless. These are the two options. But they are not two different realities. They are one reality. Now the beauty of playing with forms is, personally to me, formless is a state in which we don't know what many things, you know, what is called as unmanifest. But when we play with the form, there are many things which are still to manifest, which are hidden in the heart. They come into the play. And there is a delight in that creation. Also it gives a sense to creation. Let me put it like that, that somebody is writing the Mahabharata. So, halfway through when Vyasa had written Mahabharata, luckily he had Ganesha as the you know, writer. But he said, by the way, what are you writing this gory image? <laughs> you know, like modern interpreters, what is all this violence? You know, I don't like it. So, Vyasa would have said, wait. No, I don't like this. I, I can't bear this. You know, what is this Bhima punching over Dushashna and <laughs> drinking blood and taking it to Draupadi, my God, what are you writing? You will say, wait, let the whole epic be over. Now, we have an option to leave it halfway through. Or we have an option to see the full play and participate in it. When you see the full play, then what is Mahabharata about? It is one form of Krishna Leela, taking place at a grand cosmic level. Now, I can realize Krishna in his formless truth as delight. 
But when I realize Krishna as Anant Krishna, a very nice bhajan, which is one of my favorites, it's in Bengali. Just one line I'll recount. Amar eke Krishna mon Ami Anant Krishna dube chahi. I am not satisfied with one Krishna. I want infinite Krishna and to drown into it. That's what creation is about. Now, that's how we have to look at it. So, it doesn't matter. We can start with imagination, thought, mechanical, any which way. But the truth is that it doesn't depend upon us. It depends upon he who is inspiring us to start. So, in synthesis of yoga, Shobhinda is a very nice phrase. For the divine knows himself in the heart of the seeker. He knows who we are calling. You know, there is a little story which we can probably close this part and take a break. I read as a child, very interesting story. So there is this boy who is, you know, um, studying in a school and for the school he has to cross the jungle. And he feels scared because, you know, he has only his mother at home and nobody to really escort him. And he says, Mama, there is one problem, you know, I feel very afraid when I cross the jungle. So what do I do? He says, you call your brother. Why have a brother also? Mother has made a story. He says, you, 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 you call him Gopal. Gopal is his name. He says, okay, he'll come. Yes, he will come. He takes, he's a child. He doesn't question, ah, you are telling me a story. Don't cook up a story. <laughs> so he's, he goes and he calls Gopal. So as the story narrative goes that, you know, uh, Gopal comes and accompanies him every day. So child is very happy. And people ask him, ki, uh, no, the mother says that nowadays you look very happy, you are not scared. He says, yes, Gopal comes to take me. So she thinks that Gopal means, you know, well, he, he likes it. Uh, there is some imagination. You know, children actually make these friends and all that. Uh, so then one day, you know, he has to give milk in the school. Uh, every child is asked. So mother says, I can't give milk to you. I have only very limited. So you have to go and tell in the school that I don't have, you know, my mother couldn't give me anything. He is going, but then he says, why not I ask Gopal? <laughs> so he asks Gopal. Gopal says, no problem, you carry this milk and he will take care of everybody. Now, you know, as a child, when I read the story, I loved it. When I grew up, I questioned it. It's a very nice story, but it's a story after all. But as I grew up still more, you know, so there are stages of growth, I realized the deep truth of it. And I can tell you it's it's uh, why I'm saying it's uh, the story is so true when we get the essence. So, um, uh, of course, you can't apply anything in a universal level. But a lot of people nowadays, you know, they suffer from uh, loneliness, anomie and all that. So, as a psychiatrist, I meet several clients. So, one of them was, you know, suffering five years from this state. Uh, and they tried all kinds of medication. But this... Um, person had a little opening towards Krishna. So I, because I asked who is, you know, do you believe in God? Yes. Uh, whom? He said, a little bit in Krishna. I said, well, what is your relation with Krishna? Now this is something which, you know, was new. Uh, relation with Krishna means he's a God. <laughs> so I said, no, can you make him your friend? So she said, okay, I'll try. What does it mean? I said, a friend. Treat him like a friend. He loves to be a friend. We have put him on a pedestal and shut him inside a box and in a temple and do this I don't know how he takes all the time, this ghanta and this thing. Must be very terrible for poor Krishna. But you know, he has no choice. Can't run away. Or maybe he runs away and we don't know. So, so But anyways, he's everywhere. So she, she said, okay. I was myself surprised with the results, you know. 
she stopped all medicines after in year she sent me a meal i'm so thankful to you that you know doctor you gave me such a wonderful thing and now i feel so comfortable my issues are there but they no more affect me because i can just talk to krishna whenever i want so though the story at one level but if we don't uh, we look going to the profundity of the story then now what is creation about it's forming manifold relation with the divine there are some who are attracted towards the formless and it's fine that is the inner calling which is something unique but i for one love his infinity i want to you know annul that's why creation is there why should there be creation at all so it doesn't matter where we start the divine knows himself we may use the word gopal we may use the word bhaiya we may say dost kaha ho but agar dost ke sath man mein krishna hai to he will come he is not bothered whether we have used the holy name or not he says dost kaha ho aa gaya main because he is like that you know the famous story of shurbindo dream so in that story it goes like that that you know there is this poor man and he is lamenting see what kind of he is doing every day twice a day puja to krishna and every day he says what is my life and look at the life of teen kodi seal right across he is so rich and all this i just manage two meals a day so he is telling krishna kesta if i see you one day no i am going to tie your hands and beat you up so suddenly baby krishna appears he says you called me uh, who are you he says you know you you told me you will tie my hands and beat me up i am here he says i am sorry i i didn't mean it he says no, no i am fine i am happy you treated me as real <laughs> otherwise everybody treats me puts me on a pedestal i don't like that you treated me as real and i love it so he said no no you see what is this disparity you have created so then he reveals to him the deeper truth of karma truth of other worlds and many other truths it's a long part of the story but the essential thing is doesn't matter what name what form any name any form but what is important is the bhava which is behind and the divine reads that he knows that because he is the one to start with who has implanted that will within us you know he who chooses the infinite has been chosen by the infinite so we'll stop here and start again